Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment, because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Welcome back to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. Hi, Laurel. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm so happy to be with you today. I know. I'm happy to be with you, too. And I, I feel so happy that we have each other for support in the world today because things are difficult right now. And that's that's really what we're going to talk about on a podcast today. It's The date of the podcast publishing is March 17th. And... Um, Things in the world right now in 2022 are uh, difficult in a lot of ways, and we're getting a lot of that um, at us after after our long round of COVID living. And so I think people are worn out and they're tired and they're feeling a lot of emotional stuff. And so the goal of our podcast today is to help support you in that in that work of dealing with your emotions feeling grief, trauma, being feeling if you're feeling like you're being traumatized by what's going on to support you a little bit with that as well. And, um, and to hopefully, we hope to uplift you before the end of the time as well, and hopefully give you a new perspective. Mm. I need that. Do you need that? I need that. I do. I do. I feel like I'd keep, I, it's almost as if I have to daily remind myself to bring my perspective into a place that feels whole and um, positive and um, and not too, uh, I don't know, depressed. I mean, I can get very sad about things, so I have to be careful. I have to watch, you know, where I go with all of that and uh, monitor myself. Because, you know, we've talked before about being intuitive, being sensitive, being, especially being emotionally sensitive, right? And so when there are really um, painful things going on in the world, particularly uh, when we see people at war fleeing their country. I mean, these are terrible things that are happening. We can begin to take on some of that suffering. And, and so as an empath and as an emotional person, we have to do the work and do the discernment of working with that really well. So we'll, we're going to speak into that a little bit today as well as other things. Do you find yourself working on it, Laurel? How are you doing? I do, I do. And I, I think um, just this week in particular, it was you know, a week that I had to remind myself that I could, I could know of the things going on around me, whether it's local or globally. Um, I could feel compassion. I could feel sadness. And as long as I was willing to feel those things, I was better reminding myself I was capable of feeling those things, being aware of them, but knowing that I was safe. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to escape the the fear that comes quickly when you're hearing of people who are really in intense pain and suffering. Yeah. 
yeah and in danger yeah uh, so uh let's talk a little bit about i love that you just were talking about allowing yourself to feel what you were feeling because um we we are in a month uh, the podcast this month of march it was a month where we we're focusing on um energy energy and energy work and uh, just the topic of energy exploring that in more depth to bring some light and some understanding to that to our listeners and i feel like um you know, I love the definition of emotion being energy in motion, right? A good one. It's such a good one. And it really helps us to remember, right? If the energy of what we're feeling isn't moving in our body and we're trying to suppress it or not feel it, not experience it, stop it, we, uh, that we're, we're actually doing ourselves a disservice because that can be very... Um, unhealthy to us energetically and physically, eventually physically, right? So this idea of being able to feel what we're feeling, move it, make sense of it as best we can, and then redirect ourselves to our day, whatever it is we have to do as best we can, is a really important way too to create some balance, right? And in the experience that we're in, yeah. It's, it's so important. You know, if we if we try to stuff it, to hold on to it, you know, it ends up in our, in our body, in our muscles, it, even the way we carry ourselves, right. It impacts our sleep. And so letting it, you know, letting yourself feel it, acknowledging it. I, I have a practice. I, I often suggest to clients that it comes up a lot with fear as an emotion. Um, but whatever the emotion is that we're very easy and happy to accept and greet and sit with positive emotion. We're not so willing to sit and feel what we define as negative emotion. So this practice that I often advise to some of my, my clients telling them, greet the emotion by name. Yes, absolutely. And so often it plays out like, hello, fear, my old friend. Mm. What wisdom do you have for me today? What are you here to share with me today? And by talking to whatever that negative emotion is, as if it is an old friend, Mm -hmm. it really, for me, when I do this, it it gives me the ability to feel it a little lighter and to just look into it for the wisdom and messages that it's going to bring to me. Yeah, that's a beautiful practice, Laurel. I, I think that naming our emotions is so empowering and at many levels that we aren't even aware of just to be able to say i'm feeling despair right now allows us to suddenly have a new relationship with the experience that's making more sense and we have a way to start to approach it and just like you you know greeting it right oh my gosh this despair i feel so helpless to be able to do anything in the world right now and you know, all I want to do is cry. Well, let yourself cry for a while, right? It's okay. I was saying to to one client um, as we were talking, you know, it's not usual for us any longer. Unfortunately, I think there was maybe a time when it was more okay, but I don't think it really is anymore. When When you greet somebody and you start talking about the world and people are upset, that you would actually show some tears, that you could feel what you were feeling and demonstrate it 
and you wouldn't be judged. You wouldn't feel embarrassed. It was just the reality of there's horrible things going on right now. And I'm very sad about it and it's okay. And especially for those of us that are sensitive, that are empaths, that, that feel things deeply, like we need the people that we can be with to, to have it okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and feeling sad and telling other people you feel that way it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the, those that you're telling can't fix it, but just, you know, creating a safe space for you to stick with those feelings is really important and getting them out, letting them pass, letting the energy of the emotion pass through you and around you. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, thinking of there was a time in my life, that I um, had a lot of sadness. Um, And it was probably when my first marriage was breaking up. Mm. And I had a, I needed to cry a lot. Mm. And I had a practice because I didn't let myself cry. Um, Friday night was my crybaby movie night. It was nothing better than giving myself a safe space to cry. Um, And so I guess I would encourage our listeners that if you are feeling sad or despair, you know, give yourself room to feel it and let the emotion flow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's part of the discharge of emotion. You know, when we really learn about emotional health, which we don't really learn about in our culture, but when, when you are in a space where you begin to learn about it or choose to learn about it, that is one of the experiences that's very important part of emotional health is that you have the emotions running through you and there's and they are literally discharged from your body particularly the painful suffering angry those kind of emotions they if we're not discharging them and they're not moving through and out of our bodies they are coming staying in and that's when it becomes a toxic experience to our physiology and um, and even our mental state, and quite frankly, you know, our, our, our emotions and, and mental state are doing such a dance all the time, you know, such a dance. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is how we work with it too, very proactively. So as we go into, um, you know, more of what we're talking about today, you know, one of the ways to, to work with it is allow yourself to feel the emotion, discharge it, cry if you need to cry, talk, you know, have a talking session with somebody who's safe. And then... We want to come into what I call reevaluation phase, which is part of reevaluation counseling, which is now you're looking at through eyes that aren't necessarily overcome with emotion. And you want to use your good mental clear thinking to decide, okay, what do I want to do now in in response to this or in relationship to this experience that we're having? And so, you know, I have another client who's making beautiful pins. I wish I had mine on right now. Um, sunflower pins, and she's giving them out to people to support Ukraine and the Ukrainian people and their plight. And, um, you know, and for other people, it might be getting online and buying some products from Ukrainian citizens. And, you know, there are things that we can do, but we don't necessarily think about it that way because we're so emotional. Our clear thinking is all clouded by that. So, um, and then also, you know, to become, uh, to move, to proactively move ourselves into a space where, okay, we know this is happening. What, what can you do? Do you want to do something? Do you want to be a contributing force, you know, to, to try to rectify it or be a part of the solution or whatever, then 
then find a tiny little way to do it because we're only tiny little specks anyway. So we only can make a tiny little contribution. <laughs> That's the other thing, you know, we're not going to save the world. <laughs> yeah. And save the world. <laughs> we we all do it together. Our, our tiny little part, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I'm so glad that you talked about that because I think that, um, you know, oftentimes when we feel sadness and despair over something tragic that is going on in the world, even though we are physically removed from it, you know, the images that we are seeing, seeing the news that we're hearing, right? So that is something that can consume us if we allow it to. So that's one of the things I think right away is, you know, make a, a decision of how much of that can you handle? How much do you want? And maybe even how does it change your own perspective? How does it change your emotions, right? And so when I think about sadness and despair, it often comes when I feel hopeless, right? Yeah. That there's nothing I can do. Um, but knowing that we can each individually take action and do our part, even if we are, you know, it's an, a micro part of, of the global um, situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it ties into energy. I think uh, you and I have talked about this, but my belief that we're all connected energetically and that when there is sadness and despair and, you know, danger, fear in the world on a global level, we, I feel it's really important that we need to be able to counter that and to, to lift our light, you know, and I um, was thinking about this this morning in particular and and thinking about how we can lighten the load of other people, even if they're the ones that are really in the, the danger zone or the tragic situation by lifting our own energy, lightening our load, um, we can help others because of that global energy and we're all connected. And when I think about how I lift my energy and send it out to the world, it's really through my practices of gratitude um, mindfulness, you know, being deliberately, intentionally compassionate and knowing that I'm connected to a source far bigger than me, you know, the entire world, um, because we all share that the same energy, our energy is connected. And so when you think about our thoughts, creating our feelings and our feelings, inspiring our action, you know, what thoughts do you want to have? Because if your thoughts create your feelings, you get to choose. That's right. That's right. And and thoughts are choices ultimately. When you when you spend the time to really work with your mind and your mental process, you know, they're habitual, but we can groom them to be what we want them to be if we take mm -hmm. the time and, and the attention to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, can I add that not only are they um, habitual, but um, we can disrupt our thoughts. And so if you find yourself in a habitual thought of fear, because the world is a dangerous place right now, mm -hmm. you know, I physically am not in danger. And so how am I going to disrupt my thought patterns that have me fearful because of the danger in the world? Right, right. You know, what thoughts can I have to disrupt that yeah. habitual thought? Right, right. How can I look around and notice where the safety and security is right in this in this moment that I'm experiencing right now, right?
Or, or look for the good, you know, rather than the all or nothing of the world is a bad place and, you know, countries are at war. Yeah. Um, where, where do you see good in the world right now? Yeah. Because yeah. I know it's there. Right, right. And that is that, that is one of the things that, um, you know, we have to be careful, right, as we're consuming news and consuming information, and especially when we're consuming news and information about the global experience, it's really important to remember that we just aren't really hardwired to take in the whole global experience that emotionally what we can contain and the way that we do it as human beings is like we have a lot of work to do to expand to a level where we could manage that right we're not we're not there yet as humans we we're we're meant to be like living in these little tribes right and knowing what's going on in our community our small smallish community but when we're looking at everything that's going on in the world and trying to hold that space for that like that's a lot of growth work <laughs> to be able to do that so yeah yeah that's the other thing it's really important to remember yeah do you give yourself permission to do that do you i do and, yeah I, I do i really do yeah i do i do and i limit i have to limit how much i put the news on and 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 take in that information because because i'll find myself weakened at some point by by the suffering of the world because of because of the levels of sensitivity and compassion that I feel and the emotional intensity that I feel so I have to I have to watch that and and this leads me back to also part of how I've learned to manage it over time in my own personal life which is I love this work right this is such great work what is your philosophy about why we're here living a life right your life philosophy can support the picture of all of that and bring you back to remembering what you're here to do, right? And so, uh, you know, for me, an example of that is for me, right? I feel like we're here as humans to evolve and grow because we are evolving and growing. We've changed a lot in a hundred years and a thousand years, right? And we keep and we'll keep on doing that. And I was talking to somebody else about this recently, right? Even just like the science of psychology is so young. We are now in a phase where we're, we're expanding, right? The science of psychology and how we understand ourselves psychologically, mentally, emotionally, right? We're learning so much and this is changing us as we're learning it all. So the idea, you know, like I come back to as humans, we're evolving, we're growing, people are still behaving poorly in the world or misusing power or whatever the words are that are right and true for you, right? It's part of our growth as a human to understand that's not how we have to behave ultimately, I don't think. We, you know, we, we can behave that way when we're trying to work out conflicts, but I don't think we have to. I think eventually, if we're gonna survive on the planet, we'll, we'll figure out how to do it through words, right? Through communication, yeah. Kinder and gentler. Um, and it, I, mean, I love that you brought that up about, you know, um, you know, kind of monitoring how much you can handle of the global news. Yeah. Um, there was a period of time that, now those our listeners might know I'm in New Hampshire and New Hampshire has first of the nation primary. And it was prior to two, two elections ago when I realized who was going to be the national candidate for president 
I was filled with rage all the time. <laughs> I could not hear his name. I could not see him on TV. I couldn't hear the news without just this rage bubbling up from my belly right up through my throat, out of my mouth. That was not becoming of me. That is not who I wanted to be. Yeah. So I had to stop. I had to stop watching the news. And friends of mine were like, how can you do that? I mean, I spent a few years in corporate communications for a major corporation. Wow. Like, how can you stop watching the news? And I was a political science minor. Love that stuff. <laughs> and I said, my community, my family, my friends, my local community is where I'm going to put my focus and attention. And I'm going to work to make that better. Do my part, connect, commune. Because I could not control what was going on globally, internationally, nationally. But I could make a difference in my own community. And it filled me with love and joy and compassion and connection. And I was so filled with those things. I had no reason for rage at all. Yeah, Um, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because I do think that we, we are having a hard time trying to figure out how to watch, right, all of that, the things that we don't agree with or we don't feel good about, and how to manage the feelings around that, right, coming back to, to that experience, right? And again, you have to have a way of, you have to have a, a philosophy, a story, a, a, a worldview that allows, right, a way to hold that all that feels okay. I always come back to that because otherwise you're always in contention with it, right? You're always in conflict with, why is that happening? Why is that happening? Well, it's happening because it's happening. I mean, there are people that are supporting that and people that are supporting that. And so that's being supported and that's being supported. So, you know, I feel like part of, I know part of what I'm working with clients is, you know, you can create a lot of bitterness and unhappiness inside yourself by by focusing on certain things that are going on in the world that you don't like or you don't agree with, but you don't have to choose that stance with it. You can choose a more accepting stance. And then if it's really that important, like you, right? Where am I gonna put my time and attention and energy? Where do I wanna contribute? How do I wanna contribute in a way that I feel good about? So I'm contributing in a way that feels like I'm adding to the positive that I wanna see in the world, right? And I think we're we're onto something here in that comment that you just made about, you know, we have to know what, where we feel good. I mean, I know people who feel best when they are participating in a protest or passing out flyers or being very vocal about a position or that they believe in strongly, right? I'm not one of those. That doesn't make me comfortable walking in a march. But if, if, you know, any of our listeners, just think about what, where, where are you at your best? What, you know, how do you protect your energy? How do you put yourself in positions or places that inspire you and energize you and don't, and do not deplete you? Right. 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 So it's such an individual experience and we all have the ability to decide for ourselves what fuels us and what 
Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I want to come back to and talk a little bit more about grief and trauma too, Laurel, before we mm. wrap up today, because I want to make sure that our listeners, anybody who's really struggling with, um, you know, feeling a lot of grief around what's going on right now or feeling even traumatized to, you know, like your your own trauma is being stimulated your history of trauma or whatever is being stimulated by the fears for other people whatever's going on in the world i i i want to encourage our listeners to think about doing your own inner work like any time that we have an event in our life that triggers our own history right it's an opportunity to deepen the healing for ourselves and our work so that we're less triggered as we go forward we've we've come to a new a newer hopefully deeper sense of peace with our history right that's the inner work and and that can be driven you know by this outside stuff right sometimes you feel overwhelmed by the suffering that's happening in the world because you're carrying so much suffering of your own from your own history that you haven't worked through and, and dealt with yet. So it's an opportunity, right, to go get some help, start to work on some of the stuff that's coming up in there and really begin to hopefully free yourself of carrying it around chronically because because that's what healing work really, to me, that's what healing work is all about, right? We go back, we revisit the past that was traumatizing to us and we, we discharge the emotional content and the energy around it all that we've been carrying. We make sense of the story. We empower ourselves by taking action, like maybe forgiveness work or self-forgiveness work or things like this. And then, and then we let go and we move on and we feel stronger. We, we have a, a pearl of wisdom from a, a difficult event that's taught us about humanity and about life. And, and that's a big cycle to go through, right? That's the big grief cycle. Like when you're on the other side of the grief cycle, that's when you're accepting a new life, you're going on, you're carrying your wisdom in your heart and you don't feel the pain of it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was just listening to a program recently about the collective grief that we've just experienced with two years of COVID. Yes. And the loss of life the way it was you know, that, that there was a short period of time early in COVID where we all thought life would get back to normal. And now we have this two years later, life is still not normal. And this grief that has come yeah. from us holding on to that, which we no longer have. Right. Yeah. And so some of the things that, you know, when you think about how we work through grief and loss um, is, you know, I don't want to make it sound light, um, or trivial, but um, rest and the types of rest are not just physical rest, yeah. Yeah. but emotional rest, yeah. spiritual rest, creative rest. Yeah. Um, and how can you give yourself time to heal the grief while perhaps the cause of the grief is still is still ongoing? Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I work a lot with my clients on, you know, self-care and that self-care is physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. And to remember they're all integrated right in our being. We, we are all those aspects. And so when we take care of one, we are affecting another. And, and to do all of them, to find a way to try to bring them all into the experience is such a beautiful, holistic way of approaching our, our own health and healing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And then one last thing on, you know, the triggers. I mean, things that are triggering really are a clue, some clarity about what your values are and what's important to you and how you want to show up in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, it comes back to that life philosophy and your mission and why you're here, what you want to contribute, what you want to do with your time and energy while you're living. And you're right, those triggers can be kind of portals to opening to that understanding, self-understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's good work. Such good work and such beautiful work. So yeah, thank you listeners for taking time with us today and being with us. We hope this helped. Um, if you have questions or you want us to talk more into any one of the topics, make sure you uh, let us know. You can send us either Laurel or I an email and uh, and just let us know what would be helpful right now as we're going forward. And um, and we'll just get right on it. You know, we're here to serve and we can respond pretty quickly. Yeah. And if you're looking for a safe place to, to tell us how you're feeling, maybe share your feelings with other women, uh, and men too, I suppose. But we do have a Facebook group, the Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life Facebook group. Um, it's a private group and um, it's a safe space if you're looking for a safe space. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad you mentioned that too because that's really important. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Laurel, I'll see you next time. Looking forward to it. Thank Enjoy you. your day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye for now, everybody. Sending love. Thank you for joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners. Feel free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.